Yes, Galatians 6, beginning to read at verse 6. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Those who want to make a good impression outwardly are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised obey the law, yet they want you to be circumcised, that they may boast about your flesh. May I never boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, even to the Israel of God. Finally, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Shall we pray uh, as we come to God's word together? Heavenly Father, thank you uh, that you give us your word that we might know you uh, and your spirit uh, that we may understand uh, what you say to us. Uh, We pray that you would help us this morning uh, to see what uh, it is that you uh, tell us uh, here in Galatians. Uh, Help us to take it in, uh, help us to believe uh, and trust it. In Jesus' name, amen. What really matters? Uh, When it comes down to it, what is it that really uh, makes a difference that that will last? Uh, some would say uh, making, making it to the top, being successful, uh, or being, being popular, being known for something. Maybe it's about uh, building something uh, to leave behind, uh, a legacy of some kind. I don't know uh, how you found uh, studying Galatians together uh, this term. Maybe you've uh, appreciated Paul's uh, bluntness as he uh, calls out, at the issues that they're going through. Maybe you uh, got a bit bogged down at some points, confused by some of the arguments. Last week, uh, as Leo mentioned, we, we uh, saw that Paul wanted the Galatians to uh, continue as they started, by the Spirit. 
Uh, we thought lots in this letter about uh, how they were being led astray. Uh, but the final chapters focus uh, on the right way uh, to continue. Today we're going to uh, see two final ideas that show us uh, what really matters. So to please the Spirit, not the flesh. And boast in the cross, not works. So to start, so to please the Spirit, uh, not the flesh, uh, in verses 6 to 10. You might remember uh, in chapter 5, Paul used uh, the image uh, of a journey in various forms. We were to walk in step with the Spirit, uh, to to run a good race. You've probably spotted here, though, it, it changes to sowing. I sometimes think I should have paid more attention when my parents were trying to get me to to do some gardening, uh, the number of times that this kind of stuff comes up uh, in the Bible. But here it's a a really easy image to understand, isn't it? Uh, Paul's just talking about a simple, universal law of nature. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please the sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap destruction eternal life. Plant a sunflower seed, you get a sunflower. Bury an acorn in some soil, you get an oak tree. It's not instant, but what you put in directly relates to what you get out. If you sow wheat, you're not going to get carrots in the end. That's not an accident, Paul says. It's how God set up the world. Try as we might, no one can fight against that in the end. Verse 7, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. We can't turn upside down what he has set in place. Paul is clear, if in life your chief aim is to please the flesh, the sinful nature, sooner or later that leads to destruction. And he's told us before in 5.19, Uh, what pleasing the flesh looks like. The acts of the flesh are obvious, he says. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So however enjoyable Uh, drinking too much uh, seems at the time, that's not its final consequence. However well those uh, who are ambitious above all else seem to be doing in this life, they have not yet reaped their full harvest. Pleasing the flesh uh, leads to destruction. But there is a better path. The one who says to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Again, we don't have to to guess what pleases the Spirit. We don't have to uh, try and um, find it out. Uh, We've just been told the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What pleases the Spirit? We're using the fruit that he grows up in us. Surely that's what would please him? Now we know uh, that is not always easy, is it? When we uh, go out of our way 
to be kind to our neighbor, uh, to sacrifice our uh, night off to babysit for them, uh, and it goes uh, unthanked. When we uh, pour our love into a troubled friend, and they only seem to be going uh, backwards, not forwards. That's when, it's, that's when it's hardest, isn't it? When doing good produces no return and seemingly leaves us worse off. That's when we need uh, some perspective, says Paul. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up, he says in verse 9. So the Bible gives us a much greater view than the, the instant returns the world uh, is chasing after. So the gentleness that uh, you show to someone who's hurting, uh, the act of self-control when you're attacked, they're sowing seeds. Seeds that will, we're promised, uh, produce a harvest uh, at the proper time. It might be a longer time frame than we'd like, sure. But it is one uh, that we can look forward to uh, in confidence because God has promised it. Of course, that's uh, not to say that these acts are, are gaining for us eternal life. Uh, the rest of the letter we've seen, haven't we, that uh, is telling us again and again that salvation is by faith alone. And indeed, we, we've already started eternal life uh, when we were united uh, with Jesus in his resurrection. We've already started uh, the life uh, forever. But our full experience of that life uh, is still to come. It's that harvest uh, that we move towards uh, as we sow to please the Spirit. So doing good uh, to sow in the Spirit. I've actually skipped over uh, one example uh, of that. Have a look at uh, verse 6. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. The simple version of that is to uh, pay your Bible teachers fairly. So uh, Rob and Caroline uh, spend lots of time studying uh, during the week so they can teach us well. Uh, they deserve to be paid uh, for that, to not have to, to worry too much about finances. Uh, in the Church of England, we don't have, as a congregation, direct control over that, um, but more on that subject later in the service. When I first looked at it, this, this verse sort of didn't quite fit in uh, with the rest of the passage. Um, some translators will put it uh, in the previous paragraph, and it does continue the, the themes that we saw last week of uh, sharing each other's burdens, uh, and it acts as a kind of um, counterpoint to stop people going too far uh, with making people carry their own load. But it also introduces this idea uh, of doing good things, uh, which sandwiches this sow sowing image. So this isn't just talking uh, about a vicar's remuneration package. It's about uh, treating those who teach us uh, not uh, as separate, uh, not as just doing a job. It's about including them as we express uh, the fruit of the Spirit uh, that is growing in us. 
But of course, that's not just restricted to our church leaders. Uh, verse 10 uh, is the other part of the sandwich. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Paul's already quoted, uh, love your neighbor as yourself in chapter 5. That's what we'll be doing if we sow to please the Spirit. And being brought into the family of God uh, as we are uh, adopted uh, children, it means we'll pay special attention to the rest of the family uh, as we do good. That's not uh, something that we, we do just when we feel like it. Uh, this phrase, um, as we have opportunity, is slightly tricky in English. Uh, it's kind of like uh, while you still have time, but without the slightly morbid sentiment that phrase could bring up. Um, we've been given time by God. So use it to do good, Paul says. At that might point, you might start to feel uh, a little overwhelmed. Uh, do good to all people. Uh, that's quite a lot. But it's not a command uh, to, to feel overwhelmed by. It's actually incredibly simple. Uh, do good. However much or little you're able to do, do good. Be patient uh, with the stressed colleague who snaps at you. Uh, love uh, and look after those who are struggling in life uh, with whatever you can give them. Of course, we need to remember that this is a, a letter to churches. And so this is talking about the things that we do together uh, as well. We're to make sure that we take care of everyone who is a part uh, of our church. And then we're to look uh, to those uh, in the town and further afield who are able to help. What matters? Doing good. Not doing good uh, not doing things for ourselves. So to please the spirit, not the flesh. And secondly, boast in the cross, not works. Boast in the cross, not works. At verse 11 to 18. As we reach the, the very end of this letter, we're reminded uh, of just how personal this is to Paul. He scribes uh, this conclusion himself as he re-emphasizes the central message of Galatians. Christ, not circumcision. And he does so by uh, making a comparison. Uh, on one side uh, are the false teachers, the agitators uh, he's been trying to counter the whole way through. Uh, verse 12, those who want to make a good impression outwardly are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. Maybe you've been wondering, as we've been going through Galatians, uh, why people would be so keen uh, to get other people circumcised. Uh, okay, we might... Uh, sympathize that uh, faith alone is uh, a tough pill to swallow at times. 
it, it's a blow to our pride. But circumcision isn't exactly a, a nice alternative. There's two reasons, Paul says, which really are two sides of the same coin. These people want to, to look good, and they don't want to be uh, attacked. Remember, this is only uh, a decade or two after Jesus. Uh, Christianity and Judaism were far less separate uh, than they are now. Synagogues were powerful institutions. Churches weren't. These agitators, they, they believed Jesus, but they still cared uh, about what the Jews thought about them. Uh, and those Jews really wouldn't like uh, Jews and non-Jews mixing, uh, eating together, being a family. So faced with uh, a loss of respect, uh, loss of business, uh, worse, uh, this one simple operation seemed like uh, an easy solution. Circumcised Gentiles would be far more uh, acceptable to the Jews. And plus, there's the, the bonus of having something good uh, to write to, back to friends in Jerusalem. Uh, did you hear we got five men circumcised for Christ last month? And uh, ten this month? Compare that to Paul. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. And verse 17, finally, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. These agitators boast in people's, other people's circumcision. They try to impress people. And above all, they avoid persecution for Christ. Paul boasts in nothing but the cross. He no longer cares what the world thinks, and his beaten body shows that he definitely doesn't uh, avoid persecution. You could summarize Galatians by asking, what do you boast in? What is it you talk about endlessly? What is it you look to for confidence and importance and joy? What do you boast in? Is it something human? Something that you're good at? Something that you try hard at? Your intelligence? Your wealth? family background? Is it the gospel plus? I'm okay because I, I trusted Jesus uh, and I come to church every week. Or is it the cross of Christ? Is it the cross of Christ, the one thing that no one would ever think to boast in? That the moment of ultimate humiliation, a criminal dying in the worst way, surely an embarrassment to be forgotten. And yet the moment that we are justified and redeemed and adopted and set free, that's what Paul boasts in. Nothing of himself, only the cross. And it's that cross that means we can uh, stop worrying what the world thinks of us. Being united with Christ in his death means the world no longer has any power over us. At that point, we have the approval of the only one who matters, God. We don't need to, to try and impress anyone else. 
So much so that uh, if persecution comes, uh, we can face it. Elsewhere we read so much uh, of what Paul went through, uh, his beatings and stonings. But Paul had a, a bigger view of what was happening. Jesus was beaten, uh, then his followers uh, shouldn't expect to be able to avoid the same if they boast in his cross. The agitators couldn't make at the cross their only boast because they cared too much what the world thought of them. Instead, they spent their time worrying about who was circumcised and who wasn't. They forced Paul to have to write and argue against them. But in the end, what body parts you have or don't makes no difference to your salvation. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, even to the Israel of God. What matters is that you are a new creation. So if you've heard uh, the word circumcision far too much in the last few months uh, and are slightly confused, don't worry. If you feel that you're not good enough because you uh, don't pray much uh, or read the Bible often uh, or speak in the right way or do the right things, don't worry. This is the point. Only one thing matters in the question of your status before God. Have you been made a new creation by being united with Jesus in his death and resurrection? No? Well, there's no point uh, trying to find it anywhere else. Nothing you do uh, can recreate yourself enough to save yourselves. So trust uh, in Jesus who can. Have you been uh, made a new creation? Yes. And peace and mercy are yours, Paul says. So, uh, as we close our time in this letter, that question again. What do you boast in? May it be nothing but the cross of Christ. And may that lead you to do good, sowing to please the Spirit. As Paul prays, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen.